Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church in Chicago. My name is Pastor Joel Hess, and it's my privilege to talk about Jesus and the hope and the peace we have in Him. Uh, please enjoy the following message. And if you like, uh, support the mission of God here in this area by going to our webpage, stjames-lutheran.org. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over creeping things that creep on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created him. Male and female, he created them. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Identity theft. We're talking about identities for weeks. Identity theft. They say that word is kind of a modern uh, word uh, due to the ability technologically to literally steal someone's identity or you take it and you use it to your own benefit, whether it's frequently, I think we think of it in terms of financially getting involved in someone's bank account and taking over their bank account, their credit cards and using them to buy stuff, etc. And it can get really bad. Someone can take it and literally in your name do awful things. There's one story of a John Stanton who uh, had his identity stolen, and uh, the person that stole it used to do used it to do illegal, nefarious. You can use your own imagination things on the internet. And they came to John's house, arrested him for these things, and it took him year, a couple, or like a year, really to finally demonstrate he was not the person as someone had stole his identity and done these things in his place. It can really mess you up. And quite honestly, what he was convicted of or prosecuted of, even though he was cleared of it, stayed with him, lost his job, etc. When we think of identity theft in that term, in those terms, it's been going on for ages. And I think one of the most atrocious things of American slavery uh, was the loss of identity that really messed up a community. Not only uh, were people in whatever country it would be, uh, or as we would call it a country in Africa, betrayed by their own people and sold to slave traders, the slave traders would immediately treat them inhumanly as animals, not as people. So they lose their connection to their community, they lose their connection to their history, who they are, to the point where they don't even know as their kids grow into slavery, there is no identity, it's lost. Imagine that psychological effect of really, in a sense, not even having a past and being treated as animals. That perversion of the identity of real human beings, I think, is what has caused one major contributing factor some, to, to major problems we have today. But it's not just the slave trade. It's, that's not the worst thing that's happened in humanity to steal someone's identity. This happens all the time. Whenever someone does something awful to you, wrong to you. They take, they mess up your identity a little bit, even though you know you're innocent and that bad thing was done to you. You talk to people, victims of, uh, of um, sex trafficking. You talk to people, they're victims of abuse, physical, etc. 
and it changes their identity. They actually begin to believe the things that are being done to them, that it's part of them. And the words said to them that it's who they are. Identity theft goes on all the time today in small and big ways. And I would suggest a major sort of legal way that goes on in our Western culture, it seems like these days, is an identity theft of teaching people that they are the product of absolute random accident. That for no reason at all, except for this maybe biological reason, you exist. That you are here simply because nature wants to continue the species. And you exist to do just that. When you teach something like that, you're teaching someone that they are the result of accident and randomness. And you're teaching them that they are only an animal. There's nothing really much greater than you, than any other creature in the world. And when you do that, you rob someone's beautiful, divine, God-given identity. And you make them into just another animal. And finally, we steal identities. We actually steal our own. When we are not the victim, but the perpetrator, and you all are. (laughs) When we do something wrong, when we hurt someone and we say something that we can't take back, we can try, but it's out there. You did it. The words are spoken. The action is done. It might be something that sends you to prison. It might be something that causes a divorce. It might be something that you're able to patch up even. But when you do these things, when you do these sins, they stick with you. And even though you heard forgiveness from the person you hurt, It wraps around your identity, your DNA, that you're capable of treating someone else like an animal, of being selfish, of being a thief, of being a murderer, all these things. And you can hear all the wonderful words all you want, but that sticks with you. Identity theft. You see, that's the center of our problem. I would say today... That's the battle. Who are you? If you are just an animal and just an example of of randomness and there's no reason, then your behaviors and how you see others and how you see yourself, you actually think good things will come out of you for the benefit of others. What purpose is there to love others? Or even in a sense yourself, if you're nothing. Or are you, and by you I mean you, and I mean every single human being, disabled, very abled, in the womb, 95 years old, in a coma, in tubes? Are you someone made in the image of God? The answer to that question changes how you see the world, how you see yourself. And I really think can change society as well. God says, 
after creating uh, all things. The finale, the sixth day, is man. Let us make man in our image. It's fascinating language if you think about it, using this word our, and it's the Hebrew, but you have this plural, which could be, uh, as you know in other languages, uh, except for English, when you speak as someone higher, you actually use the plural, or they use the plural, like in German, Z is the uh, plural of you, um, but you use it for someone who's greater than you. Anyhow, could be, but also this might point to what we call the what? The Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens, over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. The word man was not meant to be simply the male part. It's a use of language that means humanity. If you want to use that word, go ahead. And let me tell you, the Bible, if there's any book in history, very much from the very beginning sees male and female as absolute, substantially equal, the same thing. It's really quite amazing. When God sees human beings, he sees males and females. They're not different things. They go together and they make what we call, what God calls humanity. And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Which some of you are doing very well at, by the way. <laughs> Identity theft. This couple, Adam and Eve, given that wonderful image that they were made by God, walking with God in the wilderness. But what happened? Satan came to steal an identity. But he didn't just do it by just taking. He wanted them to sell it. <laughs> he wanted them to exchange this made in the image of God for their own image. So Satan comes and basically, right, convinces Eve and Adam. Adam was literally... I don't know what he was doing. He was watching football. Maybe not. Maybe it was, there wasn't a pandemic, so he's watching football. Not being a good leader, not being a good friend, he's gone. And what does Satan say that finally convinces Eve to steal from God? If you eat this, you will not be like you. Shouldn't be happy with you. He wants to convince her not to be happy with being a child of God, created by God. That can't be satisfying Eve. You could be so much more. You can be like God. It's the ultimate identity theft. As she and Adam took the fruit because they wanted to be like God and they exchanged their identity. Imagine if you could only just yell at them right now, like, don't do it. Awesome it is to be a creature of God, to know this. And they took it. Eyes opened, and their identity changed forever. And what did it change into? Not like God, but sinners. 
and they clothed themselves and they ran from God. Why? Because their identity now was wrapped up in their DNA. They were capable of taking from someone who only did them good. And the guilt racked them and it wound around them so tight. And they no longer trusted one another. Their identity as husband and wife was forever kind of split. And they worked at that marriage. And they went to marriage counseling with God, I'm sure. But it was always kind of there. They were capable of betrayal. Of stealing. And that's something we're still involved in, isn't it? And then Jesus came. The Son of God came to take on Adam and Eve's flesh and yours to be human being for you. In a sense, like people take and steal other people's identity to benefit them, Christ took your identity in the manger to do good things for you. Think about this. Actually, I feel pretty good about this. It's pretty cool. Jesus stole your identity in the manger not to take your money, but to give to you. And in the flesh, God took on humanity and did the opposite, like George Costanza, of every instinct that you have. Instead of taking and stealing and treating others like animals, he loved and gave and hung out with the weakest. Because in Jesus' eyes, he sees the lame, the beggar on the street as human beings, individually, beautifully, wonderfully made by God. The guy that sits out here in front of the church in the wintertime, Jesus sees equal in every way to you. He doesn't even know what the difference is. And he took on this and he did good and loved all. And he gave us his good works. Does that make sense? He stole, he took on our identity, and he did only good things. He filled up our bank account. He filled up our righteousness. And then on the cross, he took our identity of sinners. And quite frankly, the opposite of what we see in identity theft. When someone is punished for the wrong, maybe it's the same thing, I guess, right? John Stanton was punished for the wrong thing. He never did these things, but he received the punishment that so-and-so did. It's exactly what Christ did in your place as humanity, male and female, died for you. And in baptism, like we did yesterday, this Wednesday, we got two uh, young adults who we baptized. Next Sunday, two more baptisms. When Jesus says, go and make disciples by baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, when you are baptized, according to Paul in Romans chapter 6 and Colossians chapter 2, you are, you are, you die and you rise again. You are born again. That's what Jesus means as a new person, a new identity. You are given the identity of Jesus. When God looks at you, it's just like the banks that look at John Stanton who had his identity robbed. He sees a righteous person because Christ has given you his identity. In Jesus, you are cloaked and clothed by the blood of Christ. Isn't that awesome? How's that make you feel? You're not random. You're not just an animal. 
You are created by God for a reason and a purpose. All people, by the way, all ethnicities. The Bible also is the first, the Bible is the first book that is uh, not sexist, actually. And the Bible is also the first book to say there is no race. There's no race in the Bible. It's one humanity. Never talks about different people from different areas like Darwin did. Instead, Scripture makes it clear there's one humanity, which is actually true. There's actually no race. Did you know this? There's one humanity made by God. And most especially, that God died for. That should empower how you see yourself and why you are here. You're not nothing. You're not random. But also, brothers and sisters in Christ, what if we actually saw everybody else like that too? What if we actually believed That all people, no matter what their economic situation is, no matter what their sin challenges are, by the way, no matter what their political views are, no matter what their ethnicities are, what if there was something far greater about them than any of those things that transcends all those things? And that is that they were made by God. And quite frankly, they're no different than you are at all. Both in terms of made by God, both in the terms of being sinners. And most especially, what if we saw every single human being? And I want you to think of your enemy right now as someone that Christ died for and loves. I think that would change our own joy and peace with ourselves. But also, if we can do this in our neighborhoods, right where you live. Don't think about big global ways you're going to change the world. How about right where you are treating one another as if they were made by God and Jesus died for? What kind of difference would that make? Let's give that a shot. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us rise, confess the faith with the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son.